Justin Herbert was battered, the Los Angeles Chargers defense was buoyed, and the Chargers missed out on a huge opportunity in their loss to the Raiders. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers now together for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen, even when it's tough to be your first listen, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, obviously a brutal loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, the Raiders impacting the Chargers' playoff chances once again. We'll just talk about the initial impact of a game like this that the Chargers really needed to have and also just letting their two stars beat you, right? The two guys you were focused on the entire week of practice, supposedly, right? Both go off in this game, and then the Chargers' offensive line and offense. Total dysfunction there. The Chargers could not get around the giant injuries they sustained on the offensive line. Even Brendan Hymas had to come into this game. We'll talk about that and just Joe Lombardi and Justin Herbert and everyone else's inability to kind of work things out around that. And then we'll get into just another third quarter totally dooming the Chargers in the second half and just why their comeback ended up falling short, just digging themselves into another hole. But today's episode of Lockdown Chargers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players that they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time user can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepeaks.com, promo code locked on. And <laughs> here we are again, David, with the Chargers letting us down in a big game that they needed to have against a team who's not very good, but obviously the Raiders have been hot. And they, it kind of went exactly the way we were scared it might go with what the Chargers were able to do or unable to do. And in this game, it was just total offensive dysfunction. Could not get things going early. Could not get things going in the third quarter. A ton of missed opportunities. And the defense just getting bullied by the Raiders in this game. And that's why the Chargers end up losing a huge, huge game with really a great chance to kind of put themselves back in the playoff mix. Daniel, it just feels like they they follow this same game script every single week, week in and week out. And, you know, when we, we were talking before we started, you know, recording here today that when the Chargers put themselves in these positions enough times, they're going to get burned. And yeah. this is one of those times where, you know, the Chargers were not able to rely on the heroics of Justin Herbert and his unbelievable throwing ability uh, to put them back in, in position to win the football game. And, and so, you know, like I said, unfortunately the Chargers played with fire and they got burned in this one. A hundred percent. And I mean, the offense was totally dysfunctional. We'll get into that. I mean, down four of their original five offensive line starters in this game did have kind of a comeback towards the end of it, started being able to move the ball, but it was just too little too late. And yeah, if you keep building yourself these holes, if you keep having disastrous third quarters, you're not always going to be able to get the miraculous comeback that you want. And even someone as good as Justin Herbert isn't going to be able to come back and win you some of these games when you play as poorly as you do leading up to that, you know, fourth quarter that becomes all important at that you know point of the game. But it was most frustrating because of how the Raiders did it to the Chargers. I mean, Josh Jacobs basically bullied them. 26 carries, 144 yards, average five and a half yards per carry after they really bottled them up in the first quarter. This game was hilarious because it was like a defensive masterclass 
in the first quarter by Brand Staley's defense. And you're like, oh, my God, the Chargers defense looks good. Two turnovers, right? They end up getting two punts from the Raiders offense. The Chargers offense can't take advantage of really any of that. But then you just let Josh Jacobs go off and just do what you exactly you were what you were afraid he was going to do against this defense. Well, it's kind of like the 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 Raiders said, hey, we're going to try some things in the beginning. We'll see how that works. And then if that doesn't work, well, we're just going to go to what we know always works. And that's Josh Jacobs bludgeoning the, the Chargers defense and then unleashing Devontae Adams. It seems like they just waited. They waited for the right time. And then as soon as they started going to those two guys, it was the same thing over and over and over. The yeah. Chargers couldn't stop Jacobs on the ground, and they definitely couldn't stop Devontae Adams through the air. I mean, 177 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, the dude's ridiculous. Obviously, you know, he's going to get his, but you got to try to limit him. And the Chargers knew that coming into this game. We knew and we pounded the table and screamed and yelled and said, you cannot let Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams beat you. And they account for 320 of the yards that the Raiders made the entire game. So that's just unbelievable. But that's what happened. I mean, they leaned on Adams, they leaned on Jacobs, and they absolutely tore the Chargers defense apart. Well, and the frustrating thing was in the first quarter when they were actually playing well, it started with getting stops on first down against Josh Jacobs, right? They yeah. get a couple of them for no gain, one, two-yard game. Yeah, but Morgan Fox had a couple of good yeah. uh, plays in that, yeah. Morgan Fox started off really hot, and the Chargers defense obviously was really hot at the beginning of it. And most importantly, they were getting pressure. I mean, they just yeah. failed to get pressure in too many big moments pretty much after the first quarter anytime they were asked to, right? And it led to a ton of explosive plays by the Raiders. Derek Carr every time someone was getting close to him was basically throwing the ball away in yeah. the first quarter. Like he, yeah. he was, couldn't get rid of it fast enough, but they couldn't sustain it. They couldn't get anything outside of Quill Mac. They couldn't get anything from Quill Mac in this yeah. game in big moments. And it just, if you keep playing that way, there's no way that your secondary is going to be able to keep up. But with Josh Jacobs, I mean, 158 broken tackles today i mean yeah, I, I don't know I mean, the exact number but like he absolutely every single them. time he touched the ball yeah the chargers tackling which was atrocious coming into it this was their worst matchup it was a guy like this who leads the nfl and missed tackles forced and he did that again and then Devonte adams i mean the thing is is just first of all you let him score two 30 plus yard touchdowns in a five minute span which is just gross one's a and the one that asante gave up that, that one was really tough because i mean yeah. he was in really good position i even got his hand on the football and yeah. It didn't matter. Devontae still had the strong enough hands to to bring it in and, and complete the touchdown. But that one was tough. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams, you know, beat Bryce Callahan on a flea flaker for a 45-yard yeah. touchdown. That was disgusting. Brutal. And then DeSante Samuel Jr. did have great coverage on him in the end zone. I mean, he played it perfectly. I don't know how he didn't get a hand on it. I mean, he swiped at the football yeah. as it was coming in and just whipped. And yeah. that's what happens. I mean, it's wild. But the problem with me for me, David, was just the fact that Josh Jacobs was running the ball even when you knew it at the end of the game, right? A couple of first downs that really drained the Chargers' chances at the end. And also with Devontae Adams, it was just how many times did we see him double team? It's not like we were seeing him beat double teams. Almost every time he was catching the ball, he was beating one guy. And that was just the problem is it was just too many big third downs where you're letting this dude, right? I mean, the next closest receiver was Mac Hollins with 35 yards. Like, that – like – no one else is doing anything. You're literally letting them go to their best player in these big moments in the game where the game plan should be. We have to do every single thing possible on this third down to not let this one do beat us. Stop trusting in your scheme so much that you think you can leave one of the best receivers in the NFL one-on-one -on -one and not think he's going to make plays. 
That doesn't make any sense. You yeah. know you got to double that guy. You know you got to make it as, as difficult as possible for him. You need to push him. You need to uh, harass him at the line of scrimmage. He had a lot of free releases in this one. The Chargers didn't double team him enough, and that's what happens. That's what happens when you uh, leave a one-on-one -on -one monster alone. He's going to win, and he did that all game long. Yeah, he did, and <laughs> only the Chargers could be like, you know, he did go off against us in the first game, right, and then decide, okay, well, He's going to do even more the second time around. He's going to go for 177 yards. Congratulations to anyone with Devontae Adams on the fantasy league. Chargers just out here single-handedly letting people win fantasy leagues with Josh Jacobs Seriously. and Devontae Adams' performance. And it just the, – the game plan wasn't good enough. Obviously, the execution, the tackling was terrible. But, like, the coaching doesn't get a pass. The players don't get a pass because of the execution. The pass rush, I mean, continually starts to feel like – it's one of the biggest issues going into this offseason, right? And yes. something that it doesn't feel like it has a long-term answer is with guys like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the roster because you're one Bosa injury away from it just totally disappearing. But that's not to play scapegoat at all for the Chargers offense, which was absolutely dreadful for a lot of this game. And it started up front. We knew that it was going to be really tough if Corey Lindsley and Trey Pipkins couldn't play in this game. We weren't exactly sure the last time we had talked to everyone when we did our game preview. That ended up being totally, I mean, totally derailing the Chargers offense for a lot of it. And then Joe Lombardi, Justin Herbert, no one else could actually get this Chargers offense going and be consistent enough to really be in this game. But we'll get into that coming up right after this. First, I need to tell you guys about something very, very exciting. This holiday, find what you want at Total Wine & More with so many great bottles to choose from. It's easy to find new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And all with the confidence of knowing that you found something special for the lowest price. You'll love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Curbside pickup and delivery, delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. I also need to tell you guys that at Locked On Chargers, we believe that your home should be where your family feels the safest, especially over the holidays. It's one of the times where, I mean, anything around the holidays that happens, you don't have time for any kind of mishaps around the holidays. Make sure your home is safe with Simply Safe. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering locked on Chargers listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. I think everyone has kind of debated whether they should get some sort of home security. And this is something I did as well. I, you know, really thought about it for a long time. Couldn't be happier that I did it. And one of the things that actually made me do it was I had a friend whose grandmother was living alone, older lady. She had a fire in her apartment. She didn't know about it. She was old. She was sleeping. Simply Safe was able to send first responders out to her, and they were able to really probably save her life. He was also able to call her after he realized on his cameras, which he was able to access from his phone, that something was happening in the apartment. He was able to wake her up, and I mean, total disaster, you know, avoided. And you don't think about the disasters that get avoided. You only hear about the disasters that happen. Simply Safe can help you avoid some of those because. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, and smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real. Don't miss out on your guys' chance to save big this holiday season on the my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown NFL today. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdown NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Well, David, we talked about the uh, the defense, and they deserved it first. I mean, just letting those two guys beat you was really gross to watch, especially over and over and over again. It makes you feel like you're insane when you see the same things happening. And the Chargers' inability to, to stop throw them. my head against a wall—that's for sure. 
Yeah, and it looked like the Chargers were doing that offensively pretty much all day. And I mean, it started with the offensive line, David, which totally derailed the Chargers in the first half when they had really some glowing opportunities to get up in this game to kind of get the Raiders out of their game plan. And they weren't able to do it. I mean, they did get out to a lead in this game, but still, I mean, it could have been so much worse. You could have put them in panic mode early on, which is somewhere you want Derek Carr to live in. And you couldn't do it mostly because your offense couldn't get anything going. I mean, the offense was totally bad, David, pretty much the entire game. A late comeback, they got some things going, but the Raiders are playing more off. The defense was different. The offensive line injuries definitely caught up to the Chargers in this one, David. No Trey Pipkins going in. No Corey Lindsley. You lose Zion Johnson in this game, and then Brendan Hymas sees the field. And we know how desperately this Chargers team has been trying to not put Brendan Hymas on the field, right? That's yeah. one thing that like, they, they never put him out there. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're down four of your five offensive linemen, and this is not an excuse. I mean, the Chargers knew a lot of this going into the game. It totally hamstrung them, and I mean, I know that we Justin Herbert's making his way around pressure, right? He was able to average 26 points a game the two games prior to this, even though he was basically under pressure the entire game for most of those games. Somehow, this game was even worse than those games. I mean, Justin Herbert is incredible, and I mean, he can do some amazing things, and he really is good against pressure. He really is fantastic moving in the pocket and, and trying to avoid that and, and trying to extend plays, but... In this one, he was under pressure every snap. I mean, it just felt like every single snap. And, and hey, you know, you, you give credit to Jamari Sawyer for the way he's played for the most part this year. But you had to know that as, as a sixth-round uh, rookie left tackle who came into the league as a guard, that un- at some point in time, you know, he, he was going to get got. And, and unfortunately, in this game, Chandler Jones, who had done really nothing the entire season, had one sack. Um, he went off and he he really kind of abused the the rookie and he got three sacks in this game. And of course, on the other side, you know, Max Crosby, he had his way with Foster Serrell too. I mean, he didn't. I don't. I'm not sure if he got a sack or not, but the, the he pressure should have got one on that insane. strip in the the very beginning of the game. He's the one that got the strip that should count oh, yeah. as a sack and force fumble. So I mean, he, he was definitely there. But to let Chandler Jones do that, of course, right? I mean, after the dude had half a sack all season, to let half that dude sack. go for three sacks, and I think the problem was David like. Justin Herbert is so good at navigating the pocket, but in this game, when he tried to step up, there was just no space there. There was yeah. nowhere for him to step up and try Corey to get Lindsley a Corey effect, man. I mean, Corey yeah. Lindsley effect. I mean, hey, we'll, we'll clap. He, uh, for a backup center, I, I think he he's pretty good. He's pretty good. But, I mean, yeah. the difference between Will Clapp and all pro Corey Lindsley is it's you know it's it's chasmic it's gigantic there's right. a huge huge difference there and i mean there's no replacing his savvy his ability to set protections his communication and you know just his overall level of play i mean he's one of the best centers in the league and an old former charger got a lot of pressure up the middle and i don't <laughs> even want to say his name because it, it uh... makes me very upset but jerry tillery came through and was very impactful and very disruptive yeah, early on and yeah, for sure. yeah early on against will clap he definitely took advantage of those opportunities and made life hell for the chargers but it was just you know the same old story everyone that was rushing the passer had a lot of success against this chargers beat up backup offensive line well yeah i mean the chargers offense scored one touchdown and what did in the fourth for quarter yeah, and it took literally a miraculous play, an insane, oh, insane. throw by Justin Herbert, an insane catch by Keenan Allen. We'll talk about that more when we get into their comeback. But like that's sure. what it took for this offense to find its way into the end zone. I mean, and that's not to talk about the missed opportunities, David, for this offense. Yeah. O of three in the red zone. And also, you miss out on a fourth down opportunity in the red zone when you have a chance to get points. After you get a fumble 
right? Kenneth Murray makes a great play, forces a fumble on Josh Jacobs, and you can't even come away with three points out of it, David. That one I hurt. Mean, you combine that with a missed field goal, 0 for 3 inside the red zone, turnover on downs in the red zone, nobody's open, the pressure's getting home, and I mean, you're just not going to win games like that when your offense is that dysfunctional, and I mean, from the get-go, it seemed like Joe Lombardi was just not going to be able to find a way, and I mean, that's <laughs> That's a really big ask with the Chargers yeah. injuries, right? To keep finding a way offensively. But you can't escape all the blame because, I mean, especially at the end of that game, right? The run and then the screen pass, they both go for a combined, you know, negative one yard and then a one yard gain to put you what in are you third doing? and nine. Yeah, what I mean, are it's you just doing you're, you're not going to win games when you're when you're digging yourself into those holes offensively. I mean, and in this game specifically, five of 16 on third down, the running game only averages 3.3 yards per carry. And it's just like Justin Herbert can only do so much to elevate this team. Like, he is elevating the dudes around him, and even that isn't enough for them to have a consistent offense with the lack of play calling, the lack of players on the field, the lack of execution, and everything else. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert's like, man, can somebody please help me? I'm doing everything I possibly can. And, I mean, hey, you went for 330 and, you know, in that touchdown in this game. So, I mean, obviously some empty stats there, but Justin Herbert made some incredible throws like he does every single game. But it was really, really hard to get any kind of rhythm. And when you don't capitalize on turnovers and you don't get points, you don't get touchdowns, It's that's the difference between good teams and bad teams. The good teams, they get the turnovers and they capitalize and they make it hurt. And those are the teams that win football games and the Chargers all too often. They get the turnover, but they don't capitalize. And that has come back to bite them. And that's why the Chargers are unfortunately not a good team. Yeah, I mean, the the problem is, is like you lose by seven points. And I mean, if the game goes differently, you don't know if the Raiders keep their foot on the pedal more. Right. And are more aggressive towards the end of the game and probably put up more points on you. But like. You turn two of those field goals inside the red zones into touchdowns. That's eight points right there. Yeah. You score a touchdown on, you know, when you're going for it on fourth down, instead of coming up empty, you're right there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. all these points end up adding up. And for the Chargers offense, like you, they're just not good enough. They're just not healthy enough to be leaving these points on the field. Like you, you just, they don't have that kind of margin for error. The screen game is still super up and down for this offense. Yeah. I mean, the pressure is in space. And the thing is, I don't blame any single one of those offensive linemen for the Chargers, right? It's yeah. a lack of depth, the lack of quality depth that's hurt this team. And almost every team's going to struggle, right, when you lose four starting offensive line for that's sure. A tough but ask. Like, the depth, they've been trying to rebuild that unit for so long. Like, the depth just still isn't there yet. And I think, no. you know, Foster Shrell – Okay, yeah, Foster Sterling does admirably against Max Crosby. Wins a lot of those battles that you probably wouldn't expect him to win, right? I mean, Jamari Sawyer has performed admirably all season long. But, like, if it's just Jamari Sawyer you have to worry about, you can work around that. If it's just Foster Sterling, if it's just Will Clapp, the free rushers coming into Herbert's face because you can't get things lined up. Like, it's just you can't blame any one of these one guys individually. It's the injuries that obviously play a factor in it, and it's just like a lack of depth that you have there the quality depth isn't there for this Chargers team and it would be hard for any team to do but this game had one pivotal turning point the Chargers went into this game with a three-point lead and quickly in the third quarter it felt like the Chargers very much lost the game in another third quarter after not scoring a touchdown since week five that streak continued this week so we're going to talk about that sequence that really turned this game on its head and the Chargers come back that had a couple miraculous plays but ends up falling short Coming up right after this, but first I do need to tell you guys about today's title sponsor, Price Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. And what I love about Price Picks is it's not like the traditional daily fantasy apps where you're picking a lineup, 
And then the other guy that you're facing, you can't see what his lineup is, right? And you're like, oh, is he going to pick him? Do I Should I pick him because he's going to pick him? Do I have to spend all this budget? You don't have to worry about anything like that at price picks because you're just going in. You know exactly what you have to beat. You just go up against their projections. And if you win, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. All you have to do is pick two to five players. If they win, you guys can cash in. And it's not just football. You can go NHL. You can go golf, MMA, college football, pretty much anything you're looking for. You can find at price picks. But there are also things like Justin Herbert passing yard, more or less than, you know, 280 passing yards, which is what it was this week. You can go total receiving and rushing yards for Austin Eckler, more or less on that. There's so many different fun ways to play prize picks. That's why it's my favorite daily fantasy app. All you have to do is download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. And it's great that you're listening, guys, because we have, can set you up with some money to play with because first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, price picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, David. Well, there was a pivotal turning point in this game, and it's something that we've been really clamoring for all seasons for the Chargers to be better in the third quarter because it's just such an important part of the game, and it's also the biggest part of the game where you see the adjustments that are being made in the game. And again, the Chargers can't ever seem to push the right buttons, whatever it is. I mean, they're always deferring the kickoffs to the second half just so they can come out in the second half and start the third quarter by not going down and scoring. It's like, I like the first quarter Chargers actually a little bit better than the third quarter Chargers. Maybe start receiving some of those opening kickoffs because the third quarter Chargers team is not a team I want to see. And it happens again in this game, David. The Chargers go into the halftime with a three-point lead. Nothing to feel great about. I mean, like the, the Raiders had some missed opportunities in the first half, right? They felt like they probably should have been in a better spot, maybe even leading that game. And somehow the Chargers felt like they should have been winning by 17 points had they taken advantage of any of the opportunities. Either way, the third quarter starts and it all falls apart. The offense finally gets a good play, a good screen play, and you're screaming, yes, finally. Austin Eckler fumbles it. The next play is a 31-yard touchdown to Devontae Adams, the one-on-one play with Santa Samuel Jr. Chargers offense gets the ball back. Cameron Dicker, my pure little child that had never missed a field goal in his NFL career, finally gets his 50-plus-yard field goal. Remember we were talking about that. This week, David, it would yeah. be so nice to have a weapon that you feel like can go out there and get you 52 or 55 or 60 if yeah. you need it. Cameron Dicker comes up. He had plenty of leg on it. Can't make the 52-yard field goal. The Raiders go 58 yards in two plays. They get a 13-yard run from Josh Jacobs right down their throat. Devontae Adams beats him on a flea flicker, 45 yards, wide open touchdown. And just like that, a three-point lead going into the second half turns into an 11-point deficit at the blink of an eye when you already know your offense can't really produce. The, the one that hurt the most was the fumble and then the immediate touchdown right after that. I mean, that, that one was just backbreaking. And, and you know, I mean, when whenever like your team has one of those plays, you're like, OK, take a shot, take a shot, capitalize on it. That's exactly what the Raiders did. They took a shot and they capitalized on it and they scored a touchdown. And, you know, the reason why the Chargers didn't really do much in the third quarter is because they didn't have the ball. <laughs> OK, they had five minutes and 51 seconds worth of possession time in the entire third third quarter. Okay. They barely touched the ball. They couldn't run it, which was another reason why they couldn't yeah. sustain drives. That third quarter is so anemic for the chargers and they can't stop the run, which is why they don't get the football and the Raiders just sat on it and they just kept moving the ball down the field at will. And the chargers could not do anything. Once that hap once that touchdown happened after that fumble, 
you just felt the momentum completely go away right. and the chargers really never got it all never got it back yeah the chargers caught a break at the end of the first half when the raiders missed that field goal they were able to salvage at least some sort of momentum which kind of resets at halftime anyways right but like in all of these games, they have a chance to go down and really impose their will on these teams and, and dictate how this second half is going to go. And time and time again, they failed to do it. They haven't yeah. scored a touchdown since week five it's in the third quarter. disgusting to hear that. Going into last week, they hadn't scored any points in the third quarter since week six, and it was a Ugh. field goal against the Broncos. Like, it's such an indictment on this coaching staff when it comes out and it's always looking like this in specifically the third quarter. When you're unable to make the adjustments and other teams are able to make their adjustments on what you're doing. Feels yeah. like they come out doing the same things, and the other teams are always ready for it, offensively and defensively. Getting out coached, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and that's, I just where you, I, I don't think you can get around it. Like at a certain point, like from a personnel standpoint, they're they're getting out physical. They're not a physical yeah. enough team. They that's don't have sure. that mentality. They're losing at the line of scrimmage, one hundred percent. Right? That's yeah. personnel. That's mentality. That's coaching a little bit too. But at a certain point, like how many times? was Josh Jacobs kind of slowed in the hole today at the line of scrimmage. Somebody has a chance to make the tackle. Somebody's filling the correct gap. Yeah. Can't bring the ball carrier down time and time again, the countless times that happened. Like the guys for the most, sometimes are even getting to the right spots. They're just failing to tackle. Once they get there, they're failing to execute and it's turning into big plays over and over again. It's just so tiresome, David, to, to already know every third quarter, seemingly what's going to happen to just have no faith in the coaching staff that, okay, well, Hey, they can counter off what they did in the first half this way. They can switch up the defense and maybe, you know, they fake the slot blitz this time. Whatever the case may be, it just feels like yeah. the Chargers are getting a zero in that department coming into every single second half. Yeah, they, they don't. They just don't know what to do. They, they don't know how to make the proper adjustments. And it seems like they go away from things that are working and they don't do the and, and they, they don't do that which which I don't I don't understand why they go away from those things that are working and there wasn't a lot that was working in the first half <laughs> not uh, offensively it, no yeah no but in the in the second half they they just did too little too late I mean it just seems like they wait for the fourth quarter to happen for the heroics to start and you can't always expect Justin Herbert to be able to put the entire team on his back which he had to do today definitely he really had to do today with how he had to move in the pocket with how he had to overcome the defensive shortcomings like he had to he had to do everything and that's yeah. just too much to ask anyone if you're expecting to win a football game a team game yeah, and the thing is, too, is it's like, hey, Herbert has some blame, too. You missed some throws, too. But it's like, oh, yeah. well, how much can you ask from him, though? Can you right. ask him to keep delivering dimes with the threat of someone who's 315 pounds getting ready to, you know, put his helmet into his ribs on every play? Like, that's yeah. just such a tough thing to do. And so many times in these games, he's making even short throws that are, like, borderline ridiculous throws just yeah. to get seven yards right in tight windows because that's kind of what has to happen with the state of the offense is that and it sucks david because it lets us not really celebrate some of the really good moments like yeah justin herbert finding keenan allen on fourth and 12 right we already had the third and 18 game against the chiefs right and he finds him 46 yards down the field yeah. ends up, you know giving going in for the go-ahead touchdown that was insane and then in this game we don't even really get to feel good when Justin Herbert makes an insane play running out of the pocket on the road, on the run, just floats up a ball that basically where only Keenan Allen can get it. And Keenan Allen finds a way to fight through contact and make a contested catch in the end zone. And it's like, that should have been the, the score that ties the game, right? That yeah. should have been the chargers taking a seven point lead 
Instead, it's just the touchdown to get you within a touchdown. And it's so frustrating when you have these miraculous throws and Justin Herbert's doing everything to get this team back in the game. And it's just way too little too late. Yeah, I mean, and it has a lot to do with the, their inability to do anything in the third quarter. I mean, it's 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 really, really a huge part of it. But yeah, I think we, we do need to take a second and appreciate just how incredible that throw was and how incredible yeah. that catch was. And, and it, it was, was a really nice adjustment by Keenan Allen, too, who kind of such know, a good ball stopped. tracker. He showed and, it on both of those plays. Yes, exactly. And then he just went went out and, and he just would not be denied. He went to go get the football and, you know, I'm sure he's like, man, I haven't got to play all season. I need to show everybody, remind everybody what I am capable of doing. And on that play, he definitely did that. I mean, the way he tracked that football, the way he kept it in, you know, after having to, you know, go to the ground, I mean, fantastic catch, great touchdown by Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. Yeah. And that's two plays, right. In the last three games, the chiefs. And then this last game where they're just, those two come through with a magic moment that keeps them in a game and and covers up, you know, a lot of the flaws that got them to that point in the game. Yeah. Uh, It was, it's fun. And, and Keenan Allen was struggling to get separation in this game for sure. A lot of the wide receivers were, and I mean, (laughs) I think a lot of the wide receivers were getting mugged in this game too. The Raiders played them very, very physically. Especially on that third down, Keenan Allen got absolutely ridiculously just held yeah assaulted. i mean the throw wasn't anywhere near him but like you can't sure. let a dude just tackle a wide receiver like that i mean it just so that's the thing is the chargers do cut it to seven right they get quickly into raiders territory then they run the ball for negative one yards it's the negative plays right i mean i think yeah. in the third quarter they already had six negative plays in this game you lose a yard right there your screen game can't connect again it goes for a one yard gain now you're in third and nine with your season on the line kind of you know to some aspect this game on the line Keenan Allen gets mugged on third down. On fourth down, I mean, you'd like to get, you'd like to hope you could find somebody a little bit more open than DeAndre Carter running down the sideline right there. I mean, Justin Herbert floating it to a 5'8 DeAndre Carter. Not that it was yeah. like a jump, jump ball. No, but by not most ideal. standards, you know, but like he would have had to make an amazing catch, even though the throw was perfection. I mean, you cannot make a better sideline throw than what Justin Herbert did. Still would have taken a miracle, though. You'd like, hey, okay, maybe that's the third down play. And you have something that's a little bit more, okay, let's find Keenan Allen in a one-on-one situation and just hope that he can make a play somewhere or Josh right. Palmer. Right. DeAndre Carter's made a ton of plays, but that specific play down the sideline, defender did a good job pinning him to the sideline. But you just hope that in fourth down, right, with the game on the line right it's where there, you really you miss Mike call. Williams, man. I mean, you really, really miss Mike Williams in those moments because, like, you know, you can at least throw it up to him and he can at least try to go make something acrobatic happen. Yeah, and it just sucks, though, because it's like on those plays, though, you want more from your offensive coordinator, right? You want yeah. a better options for Justin Herbert on that play than that. And, I mean, I, I haven't seen the All-22 yet. I don't know who else could have been open. I don't know exactly what they're telling him as far as the notes they're feeding into him before that play is snapped. I don't know. But the the comeback ends up falling short, and that's just kind of emblematic. And it feels like the Chargers season is coming up short right now because – if you keep putting yourself in these situations against a lot of bad teams in a lot of senses, yeah, you're going to get some wins, but you're yeah. not going to beat the good teams, and the Chargers haven't beat a, a 500 team this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're going to have close games against the bad teams, and those are only going to go your way for so long before things yeah. start to flip, and that's what happened again on Sunday where the Chargers failed to beat the Raiders and took a huge step back in their playoff chances to where now, David, you have to win one of these next two games. You have Absolutely. to go 4-1 and down the stretch for the Chargers to get a chance at the playoffs. And you get the Miami Dolphins next week and the Titans the week after that. So it's not going to be easy. But we will get into why there is still a chance for the Chargers in this one. 
And they might have had some things break their way to kind of help them stay in the mix. So we will get into that in tomorrow's buy or sell, get into the biggest charger storylines and overreactions. But that is going to do it for today's show. If you want to make sure you're here for that tomorrow's show, make sure you're subscribing to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also following the show for free wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys so much for listening to shows like this. It's like really cool because we know how tough it is for you. And it's nice for us to be able to be here and vent with you guys and talk about these tough losses like this. There is still a chance. I know it doesn't feel like that. I know a lot of people are going to be like, okay, stop. What are you going to keep talking about? No, like they're alive, but now there's no margin for error. So we're going to get into all the different ways tomorrow, but make sure you guys are following us wherever you get your podcast from. We're free and available every day from wherever you get your podcast from. You can find us on YouTube and you can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find the show on my Twitter at Dan Talk Sports. David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open at DrotalkSD and you can find the show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can also find the show on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today where they're getting the take of the day and they get into the biggest stories from around the league. A lot of the things the big media companies don't do sports-wise. You can get that little bit of information from every game that you want, kind of like Prime Sports Center used to be. But make sure we're your first listen and make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for buy or sell. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.